Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here with Robert Pascal Jr. Robert, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Jeffrey, for hosting me. Absolutely. So why don't you tell our listeners uh, who you are and where you're from? I'm uh, Robert Pascal. I'm a commercial real estate broker uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina. Excellent. And what got you into the real estate industry? I wanted to get in the real estate industry back in, um, well, I got out of the army in 2009 and I wanted to get in the real estate service. Well, thank you. Um, It's a pleasure to serve the country and I wanted to get in in 2009 and that was a horrible time to get into real estate. So um, I found myself in another sales role with a transportation company that did a lot of sales uh, to military and corporate clients. And that kind of led me back into um, the better market when I could, uh, get my real estate broker's license and uh, really position myself to uh, for success in the industry. So I, I was got able it. to stick back in in uh, 2014, right after I got married and everything in my life was changing. I decided why not take the plunge and do real estate too. Right. <laughs> Makes total sense. Just dive in with both feet. So since then, you, you, you dove in on the commercial side of real estate. You know, how have things grown? Like what was your transaction volume maybe... I don't know if last year was your best year ever because of the pandemic, but um, what was like your highest year of transaction volume? Highest oh, transaction volume year has been over $30 million. Um, I started in the residential world. And, you did? Uh, okay. I started in the residential world and quickly started working with builders, splitting lots and uh, doing small subdivisions. And that's where my, I fell in love right there. And I knew that was my passion and wanted to be on that side. So it was a, it was a natural progression from selling a, million dollar homes to going into new construction and then working my way into the commercial side. And um, got it. commercial has been a blast ever since I've been a part of it. And in the commercial world, I read that you're doing some land deals as well. Yes. Uh, I specialize in land. Okay. I love it. It's very complex. Um, there's always a lot of issues around it and you get to really put your creative uh, side to use, which is uh, something I absolutely enjoy. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So in your real estate career, what's the single most important action that you take on a daily basis that attributes most to your success? I um, would attribute the most of my success is to following a plan every day. And uh, it starts with me, you know, I make cold calls every morning and I have a short attention span. I have ADD, so I um, can only really work, you know, 30 or 40 cold calls at a time and I have to take a break. So I really follow a set schedule and it starting waking up at five in the morning and exercising and going into the office immediately. It's, um, it's just a routine. Got it. So that routine is really what you attribute most of your success to is just sticking to it, plugging away. Yeah. Routine and mentors along the way. I've been very, very fortunate to have a lot of uh, more mature brokers um, in my life that have really, really made an impact and spent a significant amount of their time, uh, sharing sharing stories and um, helping me along. So that would be another major aspect of it. Right. Makes total sense. And 
nowadays, you know, what percentage of your business is referral business to new business? Uh, you mentioned that you're doing a significant amount of cold calls every day, 30 to 40, just consistently. And then over the years, you probably generated referral deals. So what would it be the percentage you'd say of like new business to referral? Well, I'd probably say about 25% referral from brokers. And that's just across the country. And then sure. I'd say another 25 to 30% from pre-existing clients um, telling somebody else or their friend recommending me or continuing to come back and then repeat business. And then a lot of it's new business. Right. About half based yeah. on those numbers is new is yeah. business. And so, you know, with that being said, is cold calling your number one most profitable lead generation source? No, my most profitable lead generation source is actually letters. I would say, and um, I get we get a lot of phone calls back from them. Um, it's pre- it's pretty simple. Um, once you get out of the immediate urban core area, you, you definitely start seeing um people go into that they like letters. They'll they'll do phone calls. They, especially some of this older generation with uh, a lot of land that's been assembled. So you're is it a personal letter you're writing to them, or is it like a postcard? It's going to be a it's a preset letter just with their address and just some information, but. It's it's nothing really personal. Got it. And I'm always yeah. interested in systems. Do you do you send that out yourself? You go through a company for that. I have done them myself. Now I've transitioned to using a company, and we have a virtual assistant in the Philippines that we also use to help uh, help get all the letters and everything positioned. Nice. That's called leverage. I, I love it. And you know, when you're then getting listing for land, are you leveraging? digital marketing in order to get that land, you know, subdivided and sold? Or is it more so the syndication, the word of mouth just kind of gets it done? Uh, word of mouth, usually, if not, sellers are always, uh, sellers always have their own uh, asking price, <laughs> which sometimes isn't part of, uh, you know, it doesn't relate to the market value. So those we, you know, you typically have to really digitally market those and get those in front of people. But normally, it's a lot of internal communication. Um, reaching out and especially talking to the um, developers and the builder groups that are looking, it's really uh, forging relationships uh, with them. Interesting. And I'm curious where you see the industry heading. You know, you're in a very niche part of the industry. You're doing lands and commercial where when, when most consumers think about real estate, they think about the house that they're, they're living in or the house that they want. You know, they don't consider that once upon a time underneath this house was raw land. And that needed to then be developed and, you know, subdivided, you know, plumbing. My dad was a commercial plumber. You got to do the plumbing lines, the electrical, then lay the foundation. Like all that stuff's got to go in prior to the sticks even going up for the, for the uh, framing. So, you know, most people don't think about real estate in that way. But I'm curious what your take is on the future of the industry in, in general, just the future of real estate in the next five, 10 years. You know, what's, where do you think the industry is heading? We're, it's definitely changing quickly. Brokerage is going to be completely different within the next 10 years. Um, I mean, with all the online resources that are available, um, artificial intelligence, the software we have access to, the programs that can be built, it, it's making things way more efficient. And it, it's giving us access to you know be able to highly target what we're looking for. So I see that is really where the industry is going to go. It's going to change. It's going to be more that software and and less cold calling. Got it. I think investing in that right now and being on the front end of it is going to pay dividends on the back. Well, you're preaching to the choir. 
So, you know, I have a, an innovative marketing agency and we focus on leveraging technology for our clients to do just that, to help them escape the cold call game and, and be able to create more inbound traffic and create leverage as you have with, you know, virtual assistant and just installing systems and, you know, letting this technology work for you, you know, not fearing that it's going to replace you, but actually using it to your advantage and to your client's advantage. So, you know, that's really what we do as a marketing agency. I I noticed years ago that there were tons of real estate brokers out there in their 50s that had no concept of social media technology and where things were going. And this is, you know, five, six years ago now where it's not even at the level of market awareness that we are today. And so, you know, just with that one thought in mind, like, hey, I can become a part of brokerages, you know, they can become my clients and I can help them with this because they've been doing it the same way for 20 years and it's been working. But now we have this super disruptive technology that's entering the space in multiple different ways. And and I'm glad that you are on the cutting edge of it, right? You're, you're thinking ahead. You're thinking, I'm going to be in this game for a while. And, uh, you know, you want, you want to be moving with the tide and, and changing with it. So, love to hear that. I'm curious, you know, what is one of the most worthwhile investments that you've ever made? And this could be non-monetary. It could be something, you know, interesting off the wall, but do you have a, or it could be a property. It could be some crazy deal that you, you got, you know, years ago. Do you have a, a like investment that was super worthwhile? Yeah, absolutely. I've, um, I would think my, when I served the military was probably one of the best maturing times of my life. And I would, credit that with, you know, really helping me grow up and be in the position I am today. And I can, only, that, yeah, absolutely. I would definitely say that. And then also um, it just investing in personal relationships and that is just, that pays dividends. Yep. Couldn't agree more. This is a relationship business and all the top brokers out there would agree with that. So I'm curious, you know, talking about relationships, what do you do for your clients that nobody else does in the industry that you know of? We're um, constantly, uh, we want to make our clients obviously happy, but um, our goal overall is to, you know, enlightenment and change someone's life with real estate in our firm at City Platt. And, you know, it all it takes is one transaction for someone, especially, you know, a young person who's investing in commercial real estate for the, the return to start hitting. And you can really change your life, build wealth that they wouldn't have been normally able to accumulate. And it's also the tax benefits of it. So I look at it as we're trying to be trust, not only trusted advisors, friends, but we're trying to, you know, be lifelong investment partners with you. Yeah, that makes sense. And taking a more consultative approach with it as well, right? Asking yeah. questions, listening, seeing what their goals are. And it's so true that, you know, one real estate transaction can change someone's life. I mean, I'm thinking about it from my perspective. I'm selling a property in San Diego and we're getting way more than, than we thought because the market's crazy right now on the residential side. And even that, you know, for, for me, I'm in the industry and that is a life-changing position. Now it's putting, you know, it's liquidating this asset that has multiplied multiple times over since we've had it. And, and now I have the ability to enter the market again on the buy side and f look for a deal and, you know, roll it into something else. So it's, it's very interesting, the power. And, you know, you definitely have an understanding of that. So love that. I was just going to follow that up with, I, I, you know, I think the younger generation, as soon as they start realizing that there's a real way to help build wealth with real estate and it, it does change things and it can make or break people. And if you make a smart investment, it pays dividends. It's a great, great investment. And I mean, I'm preaching to the choir to you right now, you know this, but I mean, I think uh, we, we sold a duplex years ago that tripled in value. 
and it's <laughs> it's seems- a game changer. We were younger; that was amazing. So, yeah, you know, I can't preach it enough. Oh, so you held on to it long enough to where it tripled in value and then sold it. Yes. So got it. I thought even you, you sold it, it and then great, it tripled in value. Oh no, no, that would be sad. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I was saying that stings. But... So it's uh, you know it was a game changer. It really yeah, you, changed things and where we could invest other ways. Right, you cashed out and you're able to level up. Absolutely, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I think about the game Cash Flow from Robert Kiyosaki. I have it, and you know, throughout my life, I've played it with my my close friends to try and get their mind in that type of thinking where these fun things that you're spending money on now are really doodads. Like they're they're liabilities. They're not they're not paying you right. And trying to get them thinking about like creating income producing assets, like build up that asset column. And actually through that, I'm not going to take all the credit, but through that, one of my friends who's in his early 20s, he just got two fourplexes in Texas for 400 grand. And he did that instead of, you know, just like going out and and, uh, buying his first place. And, you know, he's young, he's going to continue traveling around. He didn't have the desire. He's not in a relationship. He didn't have the desire to go put a house over his head. So technically he's still renting, but instead of just blowing the money that he's making, because he's making good money right now, or instead of just saving it forever and not investing in something that can pay him way more and appreciate, he did the deal. Like he read books. He, you know, the game that I showed him started his journey and thinking that way. And then he did the research, put offers in on 30, 40 deals, missed all of them, and then found a great one, the one that he's like, this is too good to be true. And boom, there you go. He's closing, you know, in about a week. So this type of stuff, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here, even for my listeners, but you know, these are life-changing and there is this law of familiarity that anything that you do consistently over time becomes familiar to you and it kind of loses its luster. But simple things that we talk about or terminology that we understand is fascinating to the outside consumer. And that is something that I never want to forget. Like it's something really important to revisit. So even for, you know, our listeners, you know, top brokers out there, you know, you've heard it a million times. This is the biggest asset in most people's portfolio. It is. And really reminding yourself of that, you know, taking yourself back to a big transaction you did in the past with real estate and how it made you feel. I mean, it's a, it's a good reminder. Because I think that it helps to bring from the professional side more passion to what we do every day and and really just be there for the client. So, love that you're client-centric. Most of my guests that I talk to are because then they achieve levels of success that you know others don't. So, I have a, a question for you. You know, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Well, Microsoft Excel. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, habit making lists and having a list in front of me. I always laughed when my mom would make lists for me in middle school and high school things that needed to be done. Thought it was nagging, but you know, now it's, I, I understand the power of it. I see what needs to be done and I can go right through a list and just start checking things off. So that would be the biggest habit. Uh, one of the most big successful habits I've picked up in the last five years. I, I credit it to my mother and my now wife. There you go. And and with that being said, lists are super important, but I'm curious if you extract the line items from the list and put it onto your calendar. Do you also do that or do you go through your day and check off the list from the list? Oh, both. I have them in my calendar okay. and then I also have a list. So, I work off too, really. Okay. 
Yeah. And the reason I ask, it's, it's really key. High achievers can have endless to-do lists, right? And Darren Hardy talks about this. Uh, you know, Tony Robbins talks about this. It's like, you can have that endless to-do list that, you know, either it's electronic or it's virtual or it's on paper and it can just keep adding things. But if you don't put it onto your calendar, then the chances of it happening are less likely. So, yeah. I'm big on like, have the list, but every week then I, I inject it into my calendar and like choose how I'm going to spend my time that week. And then when phone calls or meetings or other things come up, if I have something in my calendar that's from my to-do list, then I know to say no to that thing because I need to do this right now. So, that helps me a lot. That was a game changer for me. And I just wanted to see if, you know, you put that in your calendar as well. Yeah. Calendar is a big deal. I put my list in there, what I'm going to do each day, what I have just on my to-do check-offs. And it, it does, it's a game changer because you, you're going through it. You can see, you know what you need to do. You have your day planned out. There's a, you know, not, there's not a lot of lag time. Right. Absolutely. And you know, that does bring up a good point. I, I kind of mentioned what my process for evaluating what to say no is. Um, what's your process for evaluating what to say no to? Sometimes we have a finite amount of time on earth and, uh, and so much time. And if, are you really going to, if you're looking down on it and, you know, we have 52 weeks of the year and are you going to kill yourself for six weeks for a thousand dollar commission on an $80,000 transaction? Or are you going to go after bigger things? And that's the way I really look at it and say no to things that don't make sense um, or out of my area and, um, Really, it feels like you're going to cost uh, more time and, and then, then would give me a benefit for. And, I, you know, there's there's plenty of junior agents out there that are looking for anything. And I'm, I'm happy to hand little things like that to them just uh, um, to make my time more efficient. Smart. Very smart. Yeah, I was on an a interview like three weeks ago and uh, I think it was Barry, Barry Saywitz. He said, for some reason in the beginning of my real estate career, I felt like I had to start with smaller deals to cut my teeth. But then he realized that's stupid. It's the same amount of work to go swing for the fences and do ma massive deals than to do small ones. And, you know, now he owns this huge firm in Newport Beach, one of the most like sought after areas of the California coast. And, and uh, he does super well. But that was a learning lesson early in his career that like, you know, wherever in real estate, it's very interesting because in most industries, yes, it's like that. Like you start at the bottom and then you work your way up and then eventually you're doing the big stuff. But in real estate, you can easily pigeon your, pigeonhole yourself to a niche. And if, if you're known for that and you're just getting the habit of that and you learn that, then that's what you're, you look up in five years and that's what you do. So, you know, if you want to be a luxury agent, just become a luxury agent on the residential side, right? <laughs> I think that's the yeah, last I mean, thing. Swing for the stars. Go for it every time. Yeah. The worst thing that's going to happen is you hear no and you come back. The lower market, the lower level markets will always be there. But yep. if you really want to be on the luxury side or more expensive for me, land, it's there's right. no difference in the complexity of a 2,000 acre transaction versus a 100 acre one. But the commission is going to be a lot bigger and it's a great opportunity. And, you know, there are buyers out there for everything. Do you notice that there's a threshold as well where once you go to that higher level that the people are friendlier and easier to work with as well? Uh, sometimes. It depends. Yeah. If, they're not, <laughs> if, they're not, if they're not lawyers or accountants, they're usually pretty easy to deal with. Um, so, no, um, yeah, it's what you're the higher. It's an investment. So it's it's about the numbers to them. There's, yeah. there's a digital side that's all emotional. I mean, to understand well, you're raising your family in a house. But I mean, that's for, what I love. 
about the commercial side, not to cut you off, but to help you prove your point is like, I love that about the commercial side. I did marketing for both. And then when I got my license, I chose commercial because I like that it's professional. It's Monday through Friday. It's nine to five. And, you know, of course, some client calls are after that, but it's professional and it's about the numbers. Really loved that. And after dealing so much with the marketing side of residential for so long, I got burned out before I even got into it, before I even did the transactions. So um, yeah, shout out to all the residential agents out there. I have some amazing clients that have been doing it for 20, 25 years. Um, but I feel like in real estate, whatever calls to you, you should go that direction. You shouldn't fight it. And for me, it's always been um, commercial. You know, I was exposed to it early when I was like 18. One of my best friends in high school, his dad did real estate. His mom did real estate. Mom did residential. His dad did commercial. And he, his dad would always plug these little seeds of, you know, same things I just mentioned, Monday through Friday, bigger deals. And then uh, at one point, he actually handed me Think and Grow Rich. And that was my first time reading Think and Grow Rich. So, you know, there's there's always been a couple of signs for me to go on the commercial side. And for you, you found it kind of organically. Like you started residential and then through doing some deals with lands, you then found your way over there. So, I love that you also kind of followed your heart in that sense and and settled in on the commercial side. Yeah. If you, um, you know, if you get bitten by the real estate bug, you get bitten by it and you, you're going to yep. love some facet of it. And, and for me, it started on the residential and it quickly moved to the commercial side. And I, you know, I love going to work every day and it's, you know, it's what most people dream of. So I, I can't complain at all. And if that's residential or property management, whatever that is, appraisals, marketing, that's great. I mean, follow it. It's if that's your passion, take, you know, jump off the cliff and do it. I mean, there's no better time. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So that's right. Talking about jumping off cliffs. I'm curious if you have a favorite failure of yours. You know, I'm classic for jumping off and basically assembling the plane as I'm falling. Like I, I'm kind of like a ready, fire, aim guy. So that then lends itself to failures. Like I have failed so many times. I can't even count. I've probably forgotten about businesses that I started and that failed. But mm -hmm. at this point, you know, do you have a favorite failure of yours? You know, something that you refer back to as a, as a big learning lesson that set you up for later success? Yeah, I wouldn't call it a complete failure, but it okay. was, uh, I jumped off and started my own firm from a, a national firm. And then um, it was going pretty well. And then COVID hit. <laughs> and so I quickly, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it just, just a pandemic and it, it's a whirlwind. And so I ended up learning a lot out of it from the business side of running a firm and why I um, really enjoy working with a group of people, not by myself. And um, one, I wanted to kind of go in with a small boutique firm after that, that was geared the same way as what I was doing, but it taught me a lot about myself and pushed me hard. I'm, you know, having a child in the middle of it changed things too. So <laughs> it's a, it was a fun experience. I, I learned more about branding and marketing than I could have ever dreamed of. And um, <laughs> and that's, I have a new respect for what y'all do <laughs> and um, in that side of the industry and in running a business, it's um, it's a lot tougher than one thinks. And um, I'm glad I've done it. And I'm also very glad I'm, I'm working with a group of people again. It's like a team and works more like brothers. <laughs> makes total sense. And, you know, I'm glad that you took that leap as well because you never want to wonder what if. You never want to be sitting there in that company that you're doing well in and thinking, man, I 
two years ago, I should have taken that leap and, you know, maybe I'd be here and all that is negative energy is going to hold you back. So, you might as well feel like just take that risk. Looks like you left on good terms, came back and they welcomed you with open arms anyway. So, you know, that's, that's great. And, you know, that just goes to the back to the point of relationships. You know, if, if you're treating people well, you maintain your relationships, you'll always have a spot, uh, you know, on any team that you become a part of. So, you know, you're, you're a testament to that. And, you know, I'm go, were you going to say something about that? Yeah, it's all worked out. It's been I mean, being friendly and, and leaving on good terms is always the way to go. So the door always remains open. And I, I find in real estate, people understand why somebody might want to go try that. So yeah, <laughs> and totally. they also understand why you come back. So it's just <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's an adventure. I know that I never need to work alone again in my life. So I'm glad to have figured it out now. That's right. What are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life or career? Love the Go-Giver. That's a um, great book. It's about giving more to clients. Um, I'd say that's probably one of my favorite for work. And I think uh, everybody in sales should read it to get out of the selling mode and be more in a giving mode, whether that's information or, or you know knowledge to somebody. That's my favorite book. And then um, other real estate books are um, when I wanted to learn about land development, I picked up a development textbook. I don't know the name off the top of my head, but it was from, um, they were teaching it up at MIT in one of their classes. So I bought the book and <laughs> I read the, the textbook cover to back cover and uh, to learn everything I could about land and development. And so I credit that uh, really with pushing me along in, in my career towards land and really you know focusing and becoming an expert on it. Interesting. Can you say the title of the land? Uh, development book again? It's something land development. I could send it to you. I do not know okay. the name of it. It is a textbook with like five thing, things in volume nine. <laughs> so okay, okay. <laughs> it literally is a textbook from a college. Oh wow. Okay, got it. Yeah. And then awesome. I, yeah, and I finally in college, my um, I took a real estate class as a minor, and um, that, the first time I took real estate, I knew I I wanted to do it. So mm, yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing those. I have the go-giver on my my bookshelf. It was given to me a while back. I feel like I always have a stack of books that I'm reading through. So, I'll have to put some priority to that one. I'm a big believer in leading with value. So, it sounds like it would be right in line with my beliefs and probably teach me some new things. So, thank you for yeah, saying that. A, absolutely. It's just a good um it's a good reminder. It's um, you know, think everybody tries and goes in with that mindset and they just sometimes get lost. So it's a good reminder and it's a quick read. Cool. Are there any quotes you think of often or live by? My wife made me throw it away after we got married, but I had an old thing. I don't know. My dad gave it to me, but it was, uh, you know, every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up and has to run the fastest line to survive. And every morning a lion wakes up in Africa and it has to run faster than the slowest gazelle stay alive and eat. And the moral of the story is you better wake up running. I think about that every day. Yeah. I was going to say, I wonder if the moral of the story is be the lion. <laughs> that also could be it too. But um, I take it as you better wake up running every day. There's you know, nice. get going. And also being the lion is not a bad idea either. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good one. I like it. So do you have any, you know, bad recommendations that you hear given to real estate professionals? whether it's like in coaching sessions or in Facebook groups or, you know, is there anything out there that you've seen or, or heard and you'd like to uh, put it on a billboard in the podcast and say, don't do that? 
Yeah, I've, well, first is some reason real estate agents always think the grass is greener on the other side between agencies. Mm. I just feel like people are always jumping ship one to the next, the next. And to me, consistency is key. It looks great. I mean, it definitely is. I believe it's better to be consistent than to continue jump ships. And I think a lot of younger agents do that and they, that can be avoided. And then other um, advice is people tell them to go for, you know, wh- whoever's telling these younger agents to go for the lower list, lower priced listings is selling them short. They should be pushing them harder. And I would say, if you want to be a luxury agent, go be a luxury agent. If you want to go be the best commercial agent, go be the best commercial agent, but you're probably not going to get there slinging the lowest property on the market. And, you know, if you have a dream, go for it. Don't settle for anything less. Boom. Love that. Totally nailed it. And I have nothing to add. That was great. Thank you. And I'm curious if you have any types of strategies for overcoming overwhelm and, you know, when you're unfocused, you know, do you have like certain questions that you ask yourself to get back on track? Yeah. I um, start asking myself if, you know, some, I won't lie. Some days I just, it's hard to cold call all the time. So (laughs) sometimes it's easier. And when I realize I'm out of that and just say, you know, I need to get back on track and look at it. I have my goals posted. Um, I read my goals every day for the year just to remind myself um, and, and push myself. And that usually helps. Got it. Yeah. Get realigned on your why. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to think about why. And, you know, every day is not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. It's, I mean, there's tougher days. So it's just gearing down and pushing forward. There are days where you lose a deal and you, you get upset, but you just have to realign yourself and keep going to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Makes complete sense. And, you know, one of the statements that this podcast is kind of coined and, and become a part of is consistency is sexy. And, is. uh, you know, I've, I've started that hashtag on like all the posts that we put out there because that's what it boils down to. This podcast is action items for success, action items, right? Taking actions is the biggest thing, but not only just here and there when you feel good, consistency over time. That is when I've, you know, joined companies and broken records or, you know, gotten incredibly talented at a certain sport or like really honed in my skills or whatever. It's like consistent actions over time. That's the formula. So really appreciate you, you know, bringing that up once again, you know, consistency is key. And uh, if you want to ever look up online, consistency is sexy. You'll see a bunch of Lockbox podcast episodes. <laughs> I, I love that hashtag. That's couldn't be truer though. Is uh, consistency pays off. It builds muscle memory, and you keep doing it, it every day. And if you can keep growing something, then why not? Yep. Grow as big as Absolutely. you can. Absolutely. So, is there anything that I should have asked you? You know, anything you'd like to expand upon from earlier? No, I don't think so. I think we've uh, kind of covered a lot of it. Um, you know, here in my marketplace, it's it's as busy as it's ever been. So we're booming, and it's it's just it's trying to keep your head straight and go to where you know and not bounce all, all over the room and uh and just because our area is growing so quickly so it's taken some it's, it's a lot of discipline and um just following through with what we know awesome well robert how can listeners contact you maybe they have a referral and they will want to get in touch yeah uh, feel free if you go on our company's website uh www.cityplat.com. Um, you can reach out to me via there or um, I'm always on LinkedIn. Love, love chatting through there. 
And then uh, my, my email address is listed on our website. Excellent. Robert Pasco Jr., everyone. Thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate you talking about your real estate journey, you know, how you have ended up on the commercial side and absolutely love it. And also your specialty of focusing on land. That's uh, really cool to find the different journeys of, you know, real estate and how it can take you into all these different buckets. And I uh, really appreciate you taking the time today to, to be with us. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me come on and talk and um, share my passion. I absolutely love it. And um, I hope somebody else, uh, if, if they take one thing from it, is they end up loving their job a little more. <laughs> love that. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.